Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. This is Off the Turnbuckle. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work and got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. All right. We are... I thought you were going to have a slight improvement from last week. I thought you were going to, you know, come in with more energy on this one. No. 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 Welcome to Off the Turn. Off the Turn, Welcome. This is not an exciting week. I can't let Alexis kill the vibe <laughs> no, 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 drop no. because it's a big podcast for me. We're going to get into something yeah. that's extremely exciting and that is extremely I fun. I was going to tell Ricardo this is his part to run. Oh, no, this is good. I just say it right. Uh, I don't even know where to start with this. A few years back, uh, Cody Rhodes, was he fired or did he quit? He quit. So basically, this is our AEW part, and everything's beautiful. If you like legit. Now. <laughs> like legit. I don't know if anybody could find a problem with AEW, but beyond the fact that it's only one show a week, and the pay-per-view schedule isn't as planned out, uh, planned yeah, out as, as, as WWE. But I've been trying to hammer for the sport a few weeks now, speaking with the guys, trying to get them on board. Uh, AEW had their last pay-per-view a week and a half ago today. Well... As of the date of this uh, recording. Yeah, 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 yeah. And beyond the tag team match with... Uh, Which was spectacular. Like, I, I, <laughs> I don't even know how to put it into words. Which was spectacular. We had the super kick party. We had... <laughs> bro, it, 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 like... As we wait for Alexis to return to his seat. Sorry, y'all. Y'all tired me out. Hall of Fame boy. Um, no, but in all seriousness, though. No, I okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we move, I think the two things that you mentioned as reasons why people or, or challenges people may have with AEW is a part of why they're thriving right now. Um, one of the issues with WWE is an oversaturation of content. Poor content. Um, well, when you when you have yeah. when you have too many three, hands in the pot. Four, no, it ain't even hands. When you have right, you're right, nine you're right. hours of wrestling that you got to put out every week, when you have compared one, to one definitive hand in the pot, and then when you have one person who's trying to so micromanage, and then he's not around a lot right now because of the XFL, you know, you, you you're going to have challenges he with content. Be named. So the problem is, I think the 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 issue that WWE has is the benefit that AEW has, which is the or the opposite, which is that they have two hours, and I think, well, I think Dark is an hour, but that's not yeah. live televised. Yeah. Um, There's a gift to the fans. Right. So they have three hours ain't of that, wrestling. Ain't that real wrestling? Yeah. Right? yeah, a gift to the, the fans. fans. They have yeah. three hours of wrestling total to produce a week, and they don't have to run a story 
you know, in four weeks because they have a pay-per-view every four to five or six weeks. So I think that actually works in their favor, especially as uh, a nation company, right? Something that's new, something that's only been around. I think they launched in October. Mm -hmm. So they've been around October, November, December, January, for six months, literally six months. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you look at that, I think it actually works to their benefit to have less shows, less frequent pay-per-views because it gives them an opportunity to, one, definitively act as counter-programming to WWE because right. they aren't trying yes. to oversaturate you every second of every day with wrestling. Um, and two, it allows them more time to craft stories, both in terms of if I don't have to write for three shows a week and I only have to write for one, then that means I have more time to write for that show week in and week out. And then two, I also have more time to build stories towards um, climaxes when I have a larger amount of time between pay-per-views. Three, it actually also allows them to have legitimately big matches on their regular Wednesday night show. Because yeah. you yeah. have pay-per-views so far oh, yeah. spread out, you can have matches that mean something on a regular you know, Wednesday night. One of the challenges with WWE, and, and some of this in the early stage is going to be um, point-counterpoint. One of the issues with WWE is a lot of the matches on Raw and SmackDown, and sometimes it's worse in reverse, but it's like something is always feeding something else. And so they never feel, you never feel the full satisfaction pause of an angle coming to an end because it's mm -hmm. immediately spun into the next angle, yeah, yeah, right? Next and so it doesn't feel like anything has an opportunity to breathe and it leads to challenges with long form storytelling, all of those things. So what we always talk about when we do this pod is one of the things that we like about old school WWE is, you know, they had stories that spanned months, good stories yeah. that spanned months, yeah, yeah. not Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin for four or five months. Dog food. We call it the dog, the food, dog food feud, right? Not, not, not that. So I think what AEW is doing and what they're smart in doing is not trying to bite off so much to be like, we just got to have content everywhere to compete from a saturation standpoint. They're competing from a quality standpoint. We are going to make sure that the two hours every Wednesday night that you sit down to watch this show is the best wrestling that you're going to watch this week. And I think that you makes far more sense for them, especially in this time as being young, yeah. to, to gain that audience, to buy, to get hardcore fans' attention. People who look at, at, at WWE and say this is now too mainstream, it's too watered down, there's not enough focus on what makes wrestling great. They are essentially acting as definitive counter-programming to WWE in every way, shape, and form. So it's not a bad thing that they only have one show for two hours a week. It's not a bad thing that their pay-per-view events are so, are so far spread out. It actually lends to the quality of the wrestling that we're seeing. It gives you the ability to have somebody not appear on a show for two weeks at a time and I not feel like that person is being buried. It feels like there's a natural reason why they're not on TV. And you're you're so excited about what you're getting instead that when they show back up, it's like, oh, hey, you were gone for two weeks. Like, right. I'm ready for this again. But see, uh, again, all that, you, you, you made one strong point. You said they're competing with quality and uh, trying to move away from just saturating the public. But what I think the genius of everything AEW is this. They found a way to play in the social media arena a lot more so than the WWE has in the past. The WWE is dependent on YouTube to just push their mm -hmm. content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What the what AEW has done is allowed their contract uh, their contract workers to go out there and make names for themselves. So you have in an instance of Being persons like exactly 
being the elite. You have the 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 the, the uh, trying to remember it. No, uh, young bucks, the young bucks mm-hmm. who yeah, have been doing this now. for so long on the social media right. platforms right. Got you. that you you follow Kenny them every Kenny step of the way. Kenny well. Omega, yeah. not to extend it away, all the way. Same thing with Cody. Like these stories, I mean, are they've, stories they've been doing being the lead. Well before AEW started. Way back to New Japan. But what I'm trying to say is, we bought into the concept of these wrestlers more so than the programming. Mm -hmm. So those stories spawn more than just the life of AEW. We... A lot of the people who who died, who dove into AEW head first when they started was because of the fact that you saw what Cody and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were doing. And even even for the, the the indie run that Jericho had, right. like you saw the quality was happening, and then when you saw to hear these names involved, and you know we all love Jr. So yeah, it's like so like they they I mean they've played that perfectly. And you had a John Moxley come on board, and you're like okay, let's formerly known as Dean Ambrose. Yes, yes. But yeah. see, this is yeah. what I'm saying. They they allow these characters to build a following. Like yeah. Vince, he does this thing in WWE. Counterpoint, point, counterpoint. I love this because. The counterpoint to that is you go and you look at Zack Ryder's show, right? So yeah, Long Island Ice yeah, was the YouTube show. Zack Ryder did it. When it started out, it wasn't produced by WWE. It was something uh-huh. he was doing on yeah. his own to try and help himself build an audience, get on TV, develop a fan base for himself. And then what WWE decided to do was like, no, we could co-modify this and like this could be a WWE-produced thing. And then the viewership went down. The interest went down because then it was it was no longer authentically um, Zack yeah. Ryder. It was WWE's presentation of Zack Ryder and became too managed. I think even if AEW is producing these in the same way WWE tries to produce Long Island IC after the fact, they're able to do it in a way where it looks and feels so authentic to the characters that you don't. It I doesn't matter. Well, I don't, just, well, I don't think AEW is and I don't think it. I don't think that they're doing that. But what I'm saying is, even if they were, they are their hands off enough, or they they're they're letting those characters be authentically who they are enough yes. that it doesn't matter. And that's, that's, that's one way or the other. And that's the biggest difference because with AEW, the wrestlers are allowed freedom with their characters. More so than the WWE, where it's like, hey, okay, this is what we want you to be. This is what you want you to say. This is because you have the last script. And it, right, and it, it comes off unnatural for some of them to where, okay, well, I can't deliver this. Like, we've heard it, we've heard it time and time again. Suffering like, Sakatash? Well, yeah, like, this doesn't make sense. Whereas with AEW, it's like, okay, you're allowed to play around your character. What feels natural to you? What would you say in the situation? How would you go about this feud? How would you know? How would you cut this promo? And for me, that's the biggest difference between the two and building wrestlers. And I think they should be allowed that same amount of freedom. But with AEW, that's what makes them great. That's right. what makes the wrestlers great. That's what gets you your attention. But that's what made WWE great back in the day. Back and this in the is day, the, yes. This, this is the biggest point about AEW. We see the techniques of what Dusty Rhodes brought to NXT. Mm-hmm. We see the yeah. techniques that Dusty Rhodes brought to WCW when WCW was relevant. Mm-hmm. And that nature is alive and well with AEW. Fair. That idea that, hey, this character is yours. The only way that this is going to work is if you make this work. Right. So we're not going to force you to, again, the Sucker and Sakatash line. We're right. not going to force you to be something you're not. We're going to allow you that space. And we had every week Boy, would be... Roman, Ra- Roman Reigns really be the avatar for, for the opposite side of the sport. But yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, AEW has found this weird niche where they allow wrestlers to say, hey, we're a lot more than just the characters that we portray. Mm-hmm. This is yes, life yes. that we're putting. And, and this is why I think it's such a genius from past time from Dusty 
want to Cody and even to extend Dustin go, uh, Goldust. Yeah. Like when we see these guys in the ring, it's a lot more than just get from bell to bell. Right. It's about telling that story right. and mean, having that story right. mean something. Yes. But the beautiful thing about it is, and I'm glad you brought up Dustin, um, Dustin Rhodes or Dustin Runnels or whatever. Goldust. Goldust um, what you would say. People forget when he came, I can't remember what his nickname was, but he was the prototype. Like, he was Randy Orton of that generation. That's true. Before Randy Orton. He was the Randy Orton of that generation, just to disrespect his daddy, Vince put him in a gold suit. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 it's crazy to think about what the disrespect that was given. And and you know what? But the crazy thing on the opposite side is that, like, Goldust thrived with it, though. Like, he took and he made that junk his own. And he, he's dusty stuff. Yeah, Yeah, because, like, but I mean, it's the same thing he with Cody when you look at the Stardust character, right? It's literally the same thing. He took something that was a trash idea and he actually made something of it, um, which goes to show when you have people who was able to make gold out of trash and then you allow them the full creative freedom to just be whoever they want to be and tell the stories that they want to tell. This is what we're now seeing in AEW is, is the full realization of the talent um, and, and and for Cody Rhodes, especially, I say the gift that it is that he has for wrestling. And not just only Cody. It's across the board. Oh, no, it is across the when board. When you look at the Young Bucks, uh, arguably they've been one of the greatest tag teams in the world for the last decade and a half. But to uh, the wider WWE audience, most people don't click onto that. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you see them in a new Japan. Because I, I, I think some of the challenge with the Young Bucks is the super kick party thing. I think some of the... You said it wrong. The same more of an like it's, it's a super kick party. You're not gonna no. Okay, cool. So one of the challenges, but no, but I think one of the challenges you have with the super kick party. There we go. Much no, better. Is um is just that right? It's the in some of their matches, in some of the things, the way that they do it, they do lean in a little bit too heavy into some of the the comedic stuff, right? But at the same time, I won't argue the point that they're, they've been one of the best tag teams going back. And it's like, you know, it's one of those teams where whenever you, whenever the contracts came up, you'd be like, who would you want to see? Because I would love to see them and a New Day. Them and an yeah, Usos, definitely. especially when you think about Superkick versus Superkick, right? Yeah. Um, but like, just the idea of, of that and who they are, you know, and just... Leaning into it with that being the elite, the being the elite stuff, and you start to see even now how they're using it essentially to either fully foreshadow Matt Hardy's arrival as the exalted one, or to fully use the knowledge that Matt Hardy is out of his WWE contract, and they may not have him signed to anything, or they may be signed and he's not the exalted one, and they like they, they literally could just be doing uh, it to piss Vince off. It doesn't matter. These guys, these guys are not only killing it in the ring, uh-huh. all while being executives of this Brand now yeah, global goes, company, because they have they have ties God. in Japan with New Japan. Yep, they have ties across Ring, the US Ring with Ring Honor. Yeah. Yeah. So they they they're not only wrestlers, but they're they big time ties, promoters they have at this ties point. With the NWA as well, exactly, big time promoters at this point, yeah. and they still find a way to allow the concepts of their shows to be built out. Yep, like we see it with. The last pay-per-view. We had persons like... Revolution? Exactly. Hangman yeah. Page. We had persons like... Um, uh, what's the guy that Cody Rhodes took on? MJF. Oh, MJF. 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 You, had these, you have these guys that have been doing this for so long, but you don't have a company behind them saying, hey, 
You can't you do this. this. You can't, you can't right, speak yeah, like this. Right. No, be no. you. Be authentically you. Right. Like Jack Swagger, and I'm not going to call him any other name. He is Jack Swagger. He's in AEW right now, being that brash character that he came to WWE. The WWE ads. Mm-hmm. And Vince is like, ah, oh, we should probably make some changes. No, allow that guy to be that. He's a wrestler at his core. Yep. A state champion. A, yep. a, a, uh-huh. a champion uh-huh. at the college uh-huh. level. Yep. Yep. Like, yep. come on, why are we trying to change this guy from who he is to fit a character for you to tell one or two jokes around and then move on to another storyline? We, the people. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Which was due I, to I Cesaro, to. by the I way. Not even him. That's um, the crazy part. But, no, you're right. Um... I, I, it's so weird, like, looking at the recaps and even, like, watching clips and hearing them call him not Jack Swagger. It's such a strange thing because yeah. there's some dudes where it's, like, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, I don't... It doesn't bug me as much. Like, it doesn't move me as much the difference in the name. Like, I can... It's fine. Um, but that that Jack Swagger to... Yeah, no, I can't do it. <laughs> I just... I, I agree with you. Like, I just can't. But he... I mean... He's a revelation yeah. it, with, with what they're allowing him to do in AEW. And in some ways, you know, he is, generally speaking, just playing the muscle of, of that inner circle group. But at the same time, it's just like you're seeing, you're seeing, especially. And, and you're seeing what could have been. Right. You're seeing what, what could be and what now is, right? Yeah. And you're like. What the hell was Vince them doing, and right? And so I think that's going to be one of the interesting things as more wrestlers end up out of their WWE contracts, especially the younger ones. No, who, especially the older ones. And I yeah. think I think the whole play with Chris Jericho is what makes this conversation even more riveting because you have somebody like Chris Jericho that has not only been a legend for WCW, oh, but a legend across Jericho. wrestling. Mm-hmm. And when we see stories coming out Jer- after he left, uh, oh. This is the way I told Vince Jericho's to do it. He switched it up for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for Jericho, to Jericho's credit. Well, he's he a give, mind for wrestling. This is though. what I'm yeah, saying. That, he gives Vince, he gives Vince he the absolute power. Mm-hmm. He tells yeah. the story about him trying to sign with WWE a few years back when he went to Vince's house. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he just to see the way he played that concept into what later became so much big storylines to WWE. Mm-hmm. And to see that cut down as he got older and Vince was like, nah, I don't trust you to do that anymore. Then to see him make that switch over to AEW where, no bro, do exactly what you've been doing. If you want to do the list, if you want to yeah. do... Mm-hmm. And he came there and he was like, nah, I, I have this funny concept. It's just me being me, but way more obnoxious. Right. Okay. But I mean, I think that's the thing, right? So it, it goes back to whenever you hear people talk about, you know, the, the superstars of the Attitude Era. So your Rock, your Stone Cold, Stone Cold, oh, those guys. The thing that people always used to say, what made them so great was, this is who they, who these guys really are, just turned up to 11, right? right? Yes. And always. it goes, it speaks to so many things. It speaks to how they operated in the ring. It speaks to their freedom in cutting promos. I mean, you listen to, and uh, this is, I'll say one good thing that WWE has been doing is these documentaries that roll after the pay-per-views, there's so much knowledge to be gained. Yes. Like, yeah, I didn't know the, excellent. just doubling back just a tiny, tiny bit. I didn't know the twins. I'm not going to call them anything else because that's going to run you hot. I didn't know the twins were in FCW. Everybody was in FCW. Right. Clearly, everybody's in FCW. Because I, th- I thought they were from the OVW days. And di- Bro, I forgot that we should have bring that that's up on true. that podcast. Oh my God. That's right. you got you gonna have to cut this out later because I need to make this point. <laughs> that's why the Bella situation is so frustrating to me. Because if you watch their time in FCW, 
you see that they had potential. Yeah. But at yeah. somewhere along the lines, they said to yourself, well, we don't But is it them or is it Vince? It's well, Vince. It's always Vince. We just need you to be cute. Anyway. Be that's why, that is why I can't necessarily hold it against them. Let's get back to our time. So, but going back to it, though, but I think there was a... There was a, I can't remember which one it was, but I think it was either Triple H or Sean was talking about their time in DX, or maybe it was a separate interview. But basically, Triple H was saying, you know, back then, they were given a certain level of freedom. So some things, when they were first forming DX, they would pitch to Vince, and Vince would be like, yeah, I know about that. And they would go out in some and instances. Just do it. Some instances they would listen to Vince, and most in some instances, instances, most instances they would, they would do whatever do the hell they wanted they to do, do and deal with the repercussions. Right. And so, like, even they were talking about. Um, I can't remember if it was if it was suck it or was something in particular. They were talking about the um, USA started to come back to them and saying, like, no, like, what y'all doing? Like, y'all can't do this. And so Vince is like, well, what could we really get away with? And so. Initially, they was like, no, y'all gonna cost us, get like a fine from the FCC and y'all have to go off the air. And they continued to push it and they were allowed to continue to push the envelope and push the envelope. And the show became so popular, the ratings hit so high that USA came back and they was like, okay, so you can't do that before 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. After 10 o'clock, you can do whatever the hell you want, no, essentially, with a reason, that. right? Wow. And wow. so... You think about this concept of guys being allowed to be themselves and just turned up to 11, right? That, that's how I always remember I was up too late. Right. The yeah, second I, DX yeah. would hit at 10 o'clock every roll. Now we rolling. And I'm literally really they would roll out at, at the 10, 10 o'clock hour. Yeah, no, really. I mean, it's funny because that actually became a staple of how Raw is set up now. Because yeah. the start of that third hour... Used to, it used to be before that time, that was just a dead spot, right? Because you build into the main event. Mm. But after the DX days, that became the, no, yeah, they, the this is spot. our midpoint where you got to hit something high and then continue to build towards whatever the main event or the main story is at the end of the night. Uh. But the idea behind that concept is what you're now seeing in AEW, which is allow guys to be naturally who they are or naturally how they want to portray a character. So it may not be who they are in real life, but it's how they see a character, how they yes, believe that it, character should be portrayed, and then allowing them to run with that right. and yeah. sink or swim. Right, right, right. No, no, see that, and again, that's to the credit of Dusty. That's to the credit of Cody. That's to the credit yeah. to the Young Bucks. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. That's the credit to Kenny Omega, because we see these guys have that same freedom in New Japan. That's what got them over. Not so much so their in-ring, which has always been spectacular, mm-hmm. but the fact that we could create and craft these characters yeah. into something that people are not only willing to follow in the ring or on the show, but outside, on social media, on YouTube. These guys, to taking it back to WWE, New Day. Mm-hmm. New Day became big because of their work on social media. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like their YouTube yes, series. They speak about their, it. Yeah. Their gaming channel. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, yeah. That's what yeah. made them big. Yeah. And Vince had to at some point realize that and say, you know what? I got to let these guys be Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, and for anything he tried to do, like that's you, a very, this is the it's problem. It's very good that you brought up the New Day too because at that point, and they, all, they spoke about it before, they were on their last legs. It was either sink or swim, all right. right? So at that point, they, they weren't playing. They weren't playing with their characters. They, weren't, like, they looked at Ryder and said, no, we're not doing that. We're going to do this. We're going to go out and do this. Until eventually it's like, okay, wait, this is working. Because nobody expected the New Day to work. Like everyone, they were saying well, that because, everyone expected them to fail. Because if they, but they went no, out and did 
what they felt like. If the New Day remained presented as they were when they were first presented, or the first, because remember now, they were presented two ways before they became what they actually ended up being. The first way, it was two ways. The first, the first, the very first thing was they started to, and, and I'll tell you why the first shift happened. The first presentation, and this may have happened like for two or three weeks before they cut it short, was they had presented them almost in this light of they were going to be like the new nation. So they started mm-hmm. showing up like, and I think at the end of each other's matches and they were angry and they were like kind of leaning into this idea of yeah. we've been angry about being held back and we're going to show what black excellence is. But the problem was right when they were doing that, Ferguson happened, right? And so all of those... I don't recall that. All of those... Um, all of, the, all of those events that led to the Black Lives Matter movement and all of those social issues that came yeah. out of it yeah. literally started within three or four weeks of that initial Pretty attempt big. at presenting them I remember as like that the, angry black man faction. Like that soul gospel yeah. new day. That was the second presentation. Right, right. So this is, this can tell you how much I was watching wrestling yeah. at that point, right? Because I, I actually know the timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, like I said, it was literally three or four weeks. So what would happen is like, Xavier Woods lost a match, and Biggie um uh, would come out, or Co- uh, or Kofi would come out, and or maybe it was the other way around because Xavier wasn't really a main roster guy at like point. at no, that he point. He had yeah. just been brought up, yeah. so he was coming out after like Biggie matches and Kofi matches and kind of riling them up because they were losing and they were having these short lost matches or whatever. So the idea it seemed like they were building this concept of New Nation. I think they they've spoken to that. And then when all of the 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 Ferguson incidents happened and all of these issues with um police violence on young black men and women, all of that happened, they was like, okay, we can't run this. That's way too sensitive in the environment that we're in. So that was when they started the gospel choir yeah. presentation, uh-huh. which I think also the- ran for maybe a month or two. That went a little bit longer. And then they disappeared, I think, off TV for a while. And that's when they finally came back as that's that whole cool. power of positivity thing, yes. which eventually blossomed into the New Day yeah, as yeah. we know them now. Right? But the idea was, that I, th- I think the challenge is, if you're in WWE as a young guy with no pull, and that's it's very difficult to get to the point yeah, where you can be yes. in the position the New Day is in. Yeah. Where you could be in a position yeah. where John Cena, I imagine, is uh-huh. in. Or Daniel Bryan. Or even where um, CM Punk eventually came. Because if we, if we go back to the time, CM Punk's career... There wasn't, there wasn't even CM Punk no leverage. Not no, really. but I'm saying... No, I see... No. The turn, the turn he's right. happened he's when right. CM Punk became who he was. Yeah, he's when right. When he started Fair. cutting promos... As the guy, right? right. As Philip, right? Philip, yes. Yeah, because I remember that's, that's one or two occasions when he was doing the whole rock scene thing, and I watched these videos back on YouTube a lot, where he would reference Vince in a way like, "Oh, you give John this, and you yeah. gave Dwayne this." Yeah, exactly. And like that's when it it, it it took the shift as I'm CM Punk, but I'm also oh, Philip. Philip. Right, right. Like and, I resonated with him because like okay. Your character, I remember, I, like, I, there's there's more layers to your character. There's depth. Like, yeah. I feel there's actual frustration and not just like, okay, well, this is who I am. The character I'm presenting to you, portraying to you, like, no. But this is who I, me as the individual right. am. Like, and it goes where my frustration uh, It goes all the way again. And I have to keep, I, we have to call this podcast the Dusty Roads Podcast. Because it always takes me back to Dusty Roads promos. Like, he never looked at us as me acting as Dusty Roads. Yeah. He no. looked at it as uh-huh. Dusty Roads telling you my life. And yes, why yes. you need to watch me for hour. Right. And if you listen to his promos, it was always like, dude, I'm not going to try and make up anything. 
I am this fat dude that made it here on my share of talent. People don't call me beautiful, but I think I'm beautiful. Right. And it's the same thing that we still see in Cody today. Yeah. And yeah. look at yeah, all the yeah, greats. Yeah, yeah. When they tried to make yeah. The Rock the second coming Rocky. of Rocky Maivia. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he, mm-hmm. he legit was like, okay, this, mm-hmm. this isn't working. Well, who are you? And he became The Rock. Yep. You Stone know, Cold uh, is the exact same way. We try to do so many things with Stone Cold. It's so funny. 316. Like, Look here, that Rock story is so oh funny man. because it's like, you think back, that dude was on the Miami Hurricanes with Warren Sapp. How the yeah, hell did they ever yeah. try to present him yeah. as that blue chipper character? It is. He was at UM in the mid-90s. <laughs> Literally, yeah. yeah. Party yeah. Rock. They Why brought him there. He was down at development, <laughs> sure. trying to grow those curls just to make him yeah, look more Hawaiian. Right, and it's like it's, it's stupid stuff it's, like that. Um, and then when you look at AEW nowadays, you say to yourself, like, why can't wrestling be more that? Yep. And you. But it's so crazy. Vincent we, Kennedy but, McMahon. But the more that we talk Vince, about this. Bro. But the more we talk, we about gotta this, start supporting like, shows that support. Us. I don't understand it because no, fair. they have no. They but have I mean, that's that's why though. That's the answer. The answer to your question is why can't. When you say wrestling, you mean WWE wrestling yeah. be more like this. And the answer is Vince. Vince is, has, because, and, and this goes back to, and I hate to be this because this is what everybody points to, but I think it's factual. When they went public, when they took the company public and yeah. they went into the PG era, that was the result. Again, you're wrong. It's ruthless aggression. aggression. It actually wasn't, though. It was. It was. What do you mean? That was the PG era. Ruthless no, aggression. The end of the ruthless aggression was the PG era. No, Alexis. Wait, oh wait. No, wait, ruthless wait, aggression. You, right, still right. Eddie, yeah. you still had Eddie. You still had Benoit. That was the yeah, start of John Cena. That was right. Edge. No, but that, 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 at wait, that point, wait, but ruthless aggression was not the PG era. But this is how it I was know. the tail end huh. of that. Because remember now, ruthless aggression was right when they was doing the getting the F out promotion. How the hell you could be in the PG era when you saying run get the F out? And this because is they had changed but, but the that's, brand. But that's where I know as well, because that's when John Cena had to switch the FQ to the F. Well, to the AA. A- 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 but that, right, but that wasn't during the Ruthless no, Aggression but, era. Okay, okay. That no, okay. was when no, the PG on, era really yeah, started. Okay, that's when the switch oh, happened. See, okay, no, that's, that's the, the key. Yeah. That's the key. When you say when it really started. I count yeah, everything really after the yeah. Attitude era as the PG era. But that's not the case. Because Ruthless Aggression, they were still doing some of those same things. There was still some allowance for yeah. Yeah, excessive we're talking, violence. We're talking and, about from the corporate standpoint. I'm talking like, about... We had in the Reddit also but, the starter and like that. Yeah, they went public. Yeah. They when they went, Literally, when he changed from the FU to the AA was within months of them going public. Yeah. And that was the actual that, kickoff that of the PG era. That was the change. Yeah. Yeah. Because you still had really quality stories and wrestling that's that was reminiscent, closely reminiscent of the attitude era during Ruthless Aggression. Because you still had all of those. You had the SmackDown Six. You had all of that. That was all prior to the PG era. Mm. The PG era was John Cena's prime stranglehold on WWE. Yes, it was. Yeah. That is part and parcel. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the era. But I still don't blame them going PG because you still could have told great stories. No, I mean, truth be told, if you look at it and you examine it. There was issues with the writers' room. There was issues with yeah. Vince's overbearingness, and we see it now because some of the best stories we had this, this conversation on on the other pod earlier um, about the difference between Raw and SmackDown, where you have Heyman running the show and clearly having a fairly long leash to do some things that he wants to do without Vince's, right. you know, direct right. oversight right. and hand in hand, and you see content that we appreciate more, especially as fans who grew up on. Attitude Era Wrestling, right? 
um, and not not about the wild, crazy stuff, but like just good stories, right? right? Yeah. There were good stories. There were there was an abundance stories of good stories during that in. era, and, that, and and to kind of to bring it all forward, that's what we're seeing now in AEW is an abundance of good stories, right? And a, a lot of this allowance for things to you know, to take their time. Uh, so, for example. I know some people who was like, well, why the hell Moxley wasn't the first AEW champion, right? I know there were people in corners of the wrestling community yeah. who was like, yeah, right. why, why not Moxley? This was the big, this was the big WWE acquisition. What this I need you the... to do is literally point them out. We're going to put their name on the list and ban them from listening to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I say that to yeah. say, you know, that was a moment that it made sense to build to, Right. So you establish for people who may not be familiar with his work. So people who may just be coming back into wrestling because they hear, heard about this AEW thing. They're promoting it as being, you know, hearkening uh, back to the golden age, quote unquote, of what people think wrestling is. And so you're coming in. It was to establish his bona fides. Yeah. So you keep him out of the title picture. You allow people to kind of see and maybe end up diving into his backstory and some of his catalog in WWE yeah. and yeah. getting an understanding of who Dean Ambrose, John Moxley is. And you give that some time to marinate and then you build a proper story for him to go after the belt. And then you give him the title. And when you look at it, they said they always knew he was going to be the second AEW champion. That, yeah, that they said that they knew that from Jump Street. So to me... It's, it's things like that. It's taking something where people may have had the expectation that, well, obviously Moxley is going to be your first champion because he is the big fish, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He is the big catch out of when you're starting out that big... like Because Jericho is, a, is, as much as he's current, that is a, that's a legacy talent, right? Yeah. Moxley was prime... WWE big fish big cash and so when you look at and especially when you think about other companies and the way they've done it you look at your TNA whoever came in was given this big push right so it's like Christian right you have people who ended up with the the, the TNA belt within weeks or months of joining TNA just because they were the newest former WWE guy Kurt Angle Jeff Hardy's TNA run is uh, that's a that's a, a series of that's podcasts a, unto a, itself. That's a wild um, but I think the idea being that one thing, and there's so many things you can give them credit for, but one thing that I, I give AEW credit for is not rushing things that they yeah. feel like fans expect. Yes. So you know fans expected that Moxley was going to really? get that title relatively early on, and it's like you build a natural yes. anticipation. So when he actually did capture the belt, it was a bigger deal. I give AEW credit for building a roster of guys that doesn't see the need to force feed the main guy. Uh, when you look at Ooh. when you look at persons oh, wow. in WWE, like yeah. Yeah. for all the credit we yeah. give him nowadays, yeah, yeah. after Shawn Michaels, Triple H went into this power hungry. I just married the boss's daughter. There Everything should be about me. There you go. Uh, taking it back even further, Hulk Hogan, there taking it back in between. Triple H and Hulk Hogan. We had Shawn Michaels doing the exact same thing. I need to be the central focus. If I'm not the central focus, what are we doing? And that, to the uh, point that it moved the narrative, and Alexis is always going to take it back to Vince. But it moved the narrative for Vince to say, I need a main guy. Guys. If I, if I yeah, don't have had, a main guy, there's nobody like, to steer the ship. Like, AEW like, has done the complete opposite. We have a host of guys that can carry the show. We have Kenny Omega. Again, we have the Young Bucks. Thank you. Again, we Thank have you. Chris Jericho. Thank you. We have John Moxley. And for whatever you want to say about him, 
Cody is still there. Yikes. Cody has yet to hold the belt and he's the focus of the show. And, and I think that lends itself into one of my issues for the WWE right now is that if it's not about a title, we're just going to throw any trash story out there. Yeah. But AEW is like, we want all of our stories and matches, title or not, to mean something. And that's what the WWE is lacking. Like, we don't have any from the mid-tail. We don't have stories that mean something. If you're away from the belt, we don't have stories that mean something. Everything is in favor of the main event like right. how we're going to get and, there like and that's mostly that? right that's mostly true in the current space we do have the edge randy orton story that yeah, has nothing to do now. with the belt uh-huh. yeah. um you know there's there's there are those we have them but, but not you're right enough. for for the most part they struggle with and especially on the women's side yeah they struggle with, and we have, we've had this conversation on right. the most recent were, podcast uh-huh. they struggle with anything that isn't a title mm-hmm. story that's, I mean, that's that's well documented at this point. Yeah, was, I think uh, the it, we we've I think we've had this conversation before on this podcast about one of the challenges with women. with with no no with WWE in general um, is that they keep thinking that their best moments in their history has been when they've had one guy, and no. I think this was the point that you had mentioned no, when I haven't. walked off. Um, no, but that's their yeah, thought process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their thought process yeah, is our best days was Hogan, one. Austin, one. But then they forget it wasn't just ever Austin by himself. Yeah. It was Austin, Never. Rock, Michaels, yes. Triple H, Undertaker, yes. Kurt Angle, Kane. And, the, and Kane. Right. And then that shifted Mankind. into... All right, Mankind was in that era. Yeah. And then that shifted to Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, John Cena, Edge. Batista, Edge, Randy Orton, right? So Human. the actual uh-huh. most, the, the, the times when we've had the best series of years in WWE has been when they've had a plethora of top-level talent. The problem is they keep thinking we just need to have one Roman Reigns, right? right? Not Again. even that. Not even that. I'll take it back. Before Roman, John Cena spoiled them. Like... We need like they, like he's so much in the fine. We need to have the, that part. I need a Cena. Like I need to continue. I don't even think it started with Cena. Have a, well, no, it, no, it, 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 it didn't start with Cena. But I'm saying like I think that's where the peak. Like it hit us for me. I think it's best where no. it hit his peak. No, it's just Cena was no. Cena in their mind was the continuation of Hogan. True. All right. Austin. Yeah. Sean. 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 Sean was before Austin. Right. It was yeah. Hogan. Hogan. It was Sean. Because don't forget, after Hogan, it was supposed to be Brett. That's right. true. That didn't work out. Who yeah. was the next guy? Sean. 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 Then I went from Sean to, to Austin. Austin after. Def- a direct passing of the yeah. torch. Yeah. Right. But and then after like, Austin, it went straight into The Rock for a bit. And then right after The Rock, yeah. that's when we hit that period of, what, what are we going to do? Yeah, but, right. yeah, and then, but it, that's uh, when we had like the SmackDown 6. six. Yeah. That's when we had... Quality TV, right. like, but that's and match then John meant, Cena match meant something. No, exactly, every but then then, then this is where it morphed. John Cena became something that Vince said, "You know what? Maybe this yeah. is my return and to Hogan." So I right. can see your point Cena's, of you saying yeah, John Cena's Cena spoiled them. them. Yes, but it, it wasn't the start. The uh-huh. start was all of the success he had with somebody like Hogan. Yeah, all of the success. When I say he, I mean Vince. Vince. He yeah. had with somebody like Shawn Michaels. Yep. To uh-huh. the point that in his old age, and I always tell people when people get older. They tend to cling on what they remember most. Mm-hmm. So as Vince get older, he remembers most. But that's everybody. But this is what I'm saying. Let me tell, I mean, it goes back to when you talk about anything, right? So it's why for some people, um, 
Reasonable Doubt is the best Jay-Z album. Boy, you like bringing this up, boy. Right? No, but it's like, because for some people, if that's the first CD you remember, so like for me, right? And this is, and, and I'll be honest with myself because this is one of the things for me, right? Um, one of my favorite Jay-Z albums is Volume 2. I don't think that, I don't think that's probably in the top three of anybody's Jay-Z's album list, right? However, mm-hmm. for me, it, it's, it, it, it holds a spot because that was that and DMX's is Dark and Hell is Hot. Um, flesh of My Flesh was literally like the first two or three rap CDs that I bought for myself, right? When I was in SAC in seventh, eighth grade, that was those were the first CDs that I bought for myself. I, I remember putting That's on, putting in the CD player, right? Putting headphones on. And so it's like it represents a time, a yes. moment. Yeah. And so. That's the issue with Vince because we all suffer from that. It's not just Vince. That's the thing. I, I, I think that was just the point I was trying to make yeah. is that it's not yeah. just no, Vince. No, no, no. We all yeah. suffer from that because if you have a, an emotional connection, so for him, Hogan was a boom. You know, Austin was a boom. Sean was a boom. I, I, I think I just hit a golden nugget. Uh-huh. That's why I love WCW more than I ever loved WWE because on WCW was always more so before Hulk because a lot of people always forget. WCW wasn't built around Hulk Hogan. He was one of those big That's what I'm saying. He's one of those big acquisitions. But before Hulk, we had Sting running up and down. Oh, yeah. Doing oh. his best Ultimate Sting Warrior. Versus Rick Flair. I mean, we had Flair. We yes. had Brett. We yes. had all of these guys that were well, not just one guy. Brett was post Hogan in terms of in WCW. No, but this is what I'm trying to say. We had these guys. Sorry, you, you're uh, absolutely correct mm-hmm. with the Bernard thing. But we had these guys, Ricky Stan, but all these guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had these guys that it was more so than just I mean, one person. Their cruiserweight division was crazy. Was insane. Chris Jericho was Chris Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, um, La Parker. Put some respect on like, my guy, please. I mean, no, but I think that's psychosis. psychosis. I'm, I'm we can go on for days. I'm that, glad that, you call the cruiserweight division. Like, there was a point where exactly. we that, there was a time where we cared it's, about the cruiserweight division. No, but division. it's so crazy. What What's so crazy about that cruiserweight division is Eddie Guerrero held the WWE title. Chris Benoit held the WWE title. Okay. Now Niggas you, who was cruiserweights in, w- in no. WCW, but right? The but I'm it's because their now ring work. At, it's just it, this is the point. This is the point I'm now making. We have a conversation. This is the point I'm making, and this is why What's AEW amazing. is so successful now. Hold on. Because they buy into Hold the on. concept of what wrestling we, used to be. We yes. gotta like pause. Every match we gotta pause important. and finish that point. Who else was in the SmackDown Six? Uh, so we had Undertaker, Edge. Yes, we had Cena was there. So, Ed, no, he wasn't a part of the SmackDown Ray 6. Mysterio. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's true. That's true. WCW Cruiserweight. Ray Mysterio. Chris, Chris Jericho. WCW Cruiserweight. Ben Watt. WCW Cruiserweight. Half of the SmackDown 6 were WCW Cruiserweights. Four. The only two that were. Kurt Angle was another one. He oh, was right. a former that's amateur right. wrestler, Olympic champion. Yes. Four, literally more than half of that group was not necessarily WWE performance and a homegrown old yeah. school talent. Yeah. That is insane. What they what one of their And that's why that show was successful. It's not insane. But it's no, but it's it it it, 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 it what it's what makes Vince's thought process about this so infuriating. You lived through that. You know why this is funny to me? Because it's just clicking to you. Like it, us having this conversation is yeah. what's clicking this in your mind as the oh shit. That really happened. But not when even, in uh, fact, like, like you, you're gonna go on to the point to say, like, damn, 
Vince didn't even realize this, and that's why SmackDown was yeah. so successful. Right. And this is what I'm saying about AEW, and to the point when you walk off that I was making the Javon, is this. We have guys now on AEW. Again, uh, Moxley. We have guys like uh, Cody. All of uh-huh. these guys are top-tier talent, but the idea isn't so much everybody to rush to the main event. We need to have the main event to be the opening match, the Come main on. event to be the second right. match. Talk the main to, every talk, event is the main event. Every match talk is the main event. Them. And that's talk what that's what made the SmackDown Six great. Yeah. That's what made WCW back in the day great. And for a short period of time, that's where that's what made Monday Night Slash SmackDown WWE. And that's great. what made the build up to where whenever every a guy eventually got to the top of the mountain, you saw it him felt, grind it, to the top of the mountain. It felt, it, it, it felt, it felt exactly, like exactly. You felt it. You felt every match. You felt every storyline. The pay per view itself, as an entirety, felt special because everybody had something on the line. Everybody had a reason to be at this pay per view. And you know, you know who is the perfect avatar for that. As you start to just think about where we are, even now, is Edge. Edge was a tag team guy. Yeah. Okay. Like. They, there you go. He he was, and he was more of a tag team guy than even like Shawn Michaels was when he was in the Rockers with Marty Jannetty, right? Like mm-hmm. Edge was definitively like you you were a tag team guy, you were a tag team guy, you were a tag team guy, and then it's like you we gave him you gave him but that opportunity, that one that I'm one spot, yes. and then I mean, like I said, I believe he's one of he's in the top three of Cena's greatest rivals, right? By far. I think it's him. I think we've had a conversation, but I think it's him, Randy, Y'all and CM Punk. Before. Y'all may disagree with me, but right. he's in my top three of heels. Ooh. Edge. Fair. Fair. That, yeah, that rated R run was, was something yeah. special. Um, I, I was shocked but, when he had that singles run because at that point, I had him... No, 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 nobody, no, no, no. We, everybody did. Done. So, yeah. to me, but that's, that's the thing, right? It goes back to a time when guys were actually given a legitimate opportunity to say... You know, no, go out there. We can give you a shot. What do you do with it? No, go there. I, you have 15 minutes. Work with it. But yeah. I, right, exactly. That, and, and again, shout out to what our guy Dusty Rhodes did. Like this, huh. it all harkens back to him. NXT is the same way. It's crazy. The best wrestling oh, that's on man, TV right now all goes back we, to Dusty. We we on the same way. The same that's way our title. Because it that's, all goes back to Dusty. That's where I was going. Look at NXT. Who had a hand in NXT? Who built those guys? I mean, who, no, that, that, still, that still reverberates to this exactly. day. Exactly. You you cannot separate the success. Like, Nobody I understand. Got- See, this is the thing, right? We've gotten so accustomed to telling NXT is Triple H's baby, which, fine. Fine, yeah. It it's, is. It's fair. But I fail. think we've leaned so... Oh, no. WWE has leaned yes. so heavily into that narrative, yes. almost to the point of trying to erase Dusty from it, right? Mind At it. least in terms of... I don't know of, why you said a story like fr- it's from a, unintentional. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. But the rest is going to let it happen. No, no, they, they, are, they, aren't, they aren't even doing a good job of it because the FCW thing was all dusty, right? Uh-huh. But it's just, it's, it's funny when you think about how history just keeps repeating itself, yes. right? You look at Dusty's success when he was a wrestler. You look at how he translated that into what he parlayed into the NXT guys, how you look at the way Cody is taking what he's learned from being Dusty's kid and what he's learned from being around the business and being around Dusty. And now you see that 
perpetuating in AEW. And as I say, you pull back and you realize the best wrestling on TV right now all goes back to Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. yeah. And I think the most apropos, and I hope you play this at the intro to sport, uh, I, I, I don't get emotional of wrestling a lot anymore like I used to do when I was young coming up. But I, I, I've been watching that Cody segment a lot in the last few weeks when he was talking about uh, his dad's legacy and everything. Mm-hmm. He learned from it. Mm-hmm. And he said one line that stuck with me because it was, again, Dusty is one of my favorite wrestlers. Not so much so for what he did in the ring, but for what he met. Mm-hmm. Every, every person you've ever seen talk about Dusty Road, you, you, you feel that in there. Hold on, let me finish. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to what Cody had to say, he used this, 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 this story of him going to see his dad perform in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And he said that they were leaving the building and him and his dad exit. And he heard all the fans just cheering as wrestlers came out. Mm-hmm. And one of the wrestlers came out and went out ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And fans just literally exploded, just mm-hmm. chatting. And Cody, being a young child, just decided, oh, well, I could just walk out now. And he said his dad, you know, hold him back by the chest and say, hey, never try to take another man's spotlight. Mm. For all of Dusty's legacy, for all he's done for the sport of wrestling, Vince McMahon and the McMahon family has done everything in their power to take that man's spotlight. And through and through, it shines through that. Dude, he meant so much to so many people. Mm -hmm. His work is still standing today because he meant so much. And I, I think we had this discussion on one of the pods some time ago, and he's talking about the first family of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want it to ever be mistaken, his importance to this business. Never. Like, we try to, like you said, we lean into Triple H is the, you know, the well, they, no, they lean us they into it. it. That's they what I'm saying. But now, when we look at all of these legacies and how they all contribute back to Dusty, I don't want us to ever lose that impact. Mm. Like, as wrestling fans, yeah. as people that talk about it, as shock yes. jocks, I don't want yeah. us to ever yeah. lose that. His importance is great to the sport, and I think we need to always make note of that. Yeah, Dusty's influence, his impact, like I said, rings true with any generation of this wrestler. Ask, most most of WWE, at this point, most of WWE's East roster is made up of dudes who came from NXT. Ask it's not only really NXT. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I'm glad Alexis uh-huh. pointed out the, F, the FCW, FCW thing. Right, and the FCW. Because it started there. Yes. When, when they bought into FCW and they needed a... A, a, a training ground for some of their young acts coming uh-huh. up. It was FCW. When the uh, language breakdown happened between WWE and FCW, that's when we got NXT. The only time my father ever spoke about wrestling, who was the man he, he always mentioned? Go ahead. Dusty Rhodes. His favorite wrestler. This man didn't watch a lick of wrestling when I watched wrestling. But anytime he would see me watching and he would speak about wrestling, he would speak about that man in such a happy tone that I was like, okay, this dude had to be your favorite wrestler. That is Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. That it, is it, Dusty Rhodes. It's weird because this started as an AEW podcast that turned into a praise for Cody and the Young Bucks yeah. and guys like that. And then it all went back to, I guess, the best way to sum it up, the, the, the legend of the, the sport. Legend. But I, I guess I think the thing for me is I look at it and it's, it's still an AEW podcast because... Yeah. What I think yeah, yeah. It, essentially what we want to talk about when we talk about AEW is what it means to wrestling, where it stands in the spectrum of wrestling right now, and also how it got here. And that's why I say I think the, the most interesting thing is if you sit down, and, and, and this is to me just now the, the crux of the podcast is we know that AEW and NXT are basically the two um, best 
expressions of wrestling currently. Yes, they hold, and yes, they yes. are both that because of the influence of one man, and that's Dusty Rhodes. And so I think it's amazing to see how even after his passing, even after all of the disrespect that WWE gave Dusty over the years, to see that, to see that now... Even Cody and Dustin. Oh, no, I mean the whole family, right? But even when when you look at that now where we are, um, these two segments, one that's under the brand of WWE and one that's a completely separate separate entity, (laughs) it's Dusty. And as I said, yeah. you, even WWE can't get away from it because if you have any of the guys on that roster now, whether it's NXT or the main roster, told, it's it all... It's what all, I just told him, Seth, what I just know, told him, right. Even you hear, you hear yes. Big E talk about it in that right. FCW um, um, document. You cannot... They actually can't escape it. Listen. They might want to, but they can't. And that just goes moment? to show. You have two completely different shows, two completely different companies... But you can see the reflection of Dusty. Dusty's approach to the business. Yes. Like you said, never take another man's spotlight, right? Because NXT is also doing a good job of telling secondary stories that have nothing to do with the title. Go. Yep, there you go. Yep. And, I, and as I said, it just goes to show, you know, <laughs> you, you never take another man's spotlight. Everything should be around building a great show top to bottom a, a great, great product there we go that's and like that's, top that's, that's to it. bottom that's it it see, shouldn't be about see, but that's, who's our that, top guy what is what is he doing right the main when event? you have the conversation about the issues with wwe it's because they're trying to have a good just a good show right <laughs> and so it's like okay sometimes that that's just built around how do we start the show how do we end the show and everything yes. else in the middle is filler right, right. whereas with with NXT and with AEW, how do we make the best products? How do we make consistently, from match to match, from segment to segment, consistently the best thing on TV? Which is why it's amazing that of all the shows that AEW decided to go up against on uh, when they decided to take a live day, was yeah. NXT. Yeah. I, I, have, I have no problem with that. You know what's so funny? This is going to be the second consecutive part that I end like this. Nothing left to add. I've, I've done my job. We had the AEW yes. port. We've given uh, Dusty Rhodes complete credit. The only last thing I ask is that we legit start the thing, the, the podcast with that clip from Cody talking about Dusty, or at least one of Dusty's many great promos. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, for, for sure. And I think that may be a swerve when you see, the, the, you know, but <laughs> I think, I think you're, 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 it's absolutely spot on. Um, and I think, we, I mean, obviously we're going to have more opportunities to talk about, but like that cage match, with Cody and it, at, like, basically if, if if you were somebody who hasn't watched any of AEW to this point I would point you to Revolution um I would point you to just even just the last three or four weeks of TV um yeah. of, of Dynamite the cage match with Cody Rhodes there's so much great stuff uh, I think I'm trying to remember his name your friend in the wrestling group um I think it, Thomas? Thomas yeah it was only him and I that was watching the yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I wasn't talking the entire time, and like, because I was so like blown away by the tie team match on? between uh, Kenny Omega yeah. right. and, and the Young Bucks. And, the young and, Bucks. Bucks. and I said to myself, Kenny like, and bro, Page. yeah, yeah. And Page. I, I, I said to myself, like, bro, what am I? Wa-? Like, I was so shocked in the moment that after I watched the match, and they could say, 
But it's the best and side see, team a, match I've a, ever and seen. A, and that's another thing. And then I went to the group and it was like, somebody else felt the exact same way. Right. Yeah. We don't have WWE moments like, like that and, anymore. No, there are very we, few and far between. We, we, we're, wrap, we're getting to the, the wrap-up, right? But even then, that's, that's important to state. No division is too small. The tag and the, deep, the women's division, they mean something. No division is too small. Yep. Every division has an impact. No, every division has attention given to it yes. to make sure, again, this goes back to the point, that they are creating the best product possible. Yes. Right. And that's that's what it boils down to. So, like I said... And they do this in any, two hours. Anything... But no. Not to belabor it, but we've had the conversation that... And I've seen people mention this online... Raw would be better if it was two hours. No, SmackDown is the better show partly because it's two hours. When I say when I say that, I no, no, partly. But but as in, sorry, when SmackDown was was legitimately competing as the better show, a part of the reason why it was the better show is because it it takes you have to trim the fat when you only have two hours. You don't have just filler, or at least if you have filler, it's not as much. With that three-hour show, there's so much that you have to just put in just to make up time. But my thing is, no, like, Raw I, uh, was definitely better when it was a two-hour show. But I actually said More that... More is uh, not yeah. necessarily better. But I actually said that to say the opposite. Like, you have a three-hour show. You should be able to make every match feel important. Yeah. Like, they do this in two hours. You have three hours. Like, you have time to play with. No, and to like, Alexa's point just yeah. now, I think the problem is... It, to an extent, it is the fact that it's three hours. And because it's three hours, uh-huh. you say to yourself, well, we have to make that time up. Mm-hmm. And most times, making that time up includes some throwaway segment of yeah. some behind-the-scenes stuff. The a throwaway segment of building a match that's going to be ten weeks out. And like that that's what it is to make up that three hours. Just just the, the, the go back to... Another point is like I it's it's just frustrating with me with the WWE a lot of times because Vince has seen what works. He has seen his most popular characters come because they allowed the char- the wrestlers to be themselves. He has seen what what happens when you build stories and not just a story. When you have wrestlers and not just a wrestler, but he deviates away from that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it is so frustrating to see because you know it works and now you have a product like AEW around that shows you, yes, this works. Yeah. Like, we can have a great product by doing all of these things. No, you're absolutely correct. And again, the, the, the podcast was intended to be 100% an AEW podcast. It grew into a praise for Dusty Rhodes, who is... Which is very warranted. It's, no, it is very warranted. But again, as Alexa said before he left the pod, uh, if, if, if you want to see great wrestling for what it is, I think AEW is the prime spot. Not only mm-hmm. the fact that they put on good matches week in and week out, but they give true joy back to what it means yes. to be a wrestling fan. The spirit, the, spirit the, the spirit is there. Yes. And uh, I, I think that's the perfect way to end the pod. So for the entire Off the Turnbuckle team... Uh, I just want to invite everybody who's listening to the pod to not only like, because you're listening now, but like, you know, support the channel, you know, hit us up in the comment category and all the shares and just let us know what your thoughts is. Hit us up on the 10YS page. Let us know what your thoughts are. We're trying to grow the local community. So again, just stay tuned to all of our social media feeds, all of our social media uh, commentary areas, and just get excited. It's a big time for wrestling in the our Bahamian community. Again, 
like, share and subscribe.